Hello, welcome to Gunfighter Cast, episode number 122. Uh, this episode, I'm going to talk about why the firearms industry hates innovation. Just a, an observation that I've, I've made recently, especially after this uh, recent SHOT Show that actually had more innovation than quite a few SHOT Shows in the past combined. Um, and I've seen some things kicked around the internet. And I just want to talk about my perspective and maybe offer a couple of ideas that maybe could change people's perspective. I also have a, a few ideas on where the industry is going and um, how it's going to get there. And I, I think that may be relevant to a lot of the end users out there. So I'm going to I'm gonna give you some examples of those and uh, try to set an example here. And that's what we're going to get into here in episode number 122. We'll be right back. Hey guys, Daniel here. I want to invite you to go check out Bootleg Inc. at bootleginc.com. Bootleg has top quality products for everything that you need to build a solid AR. Bootleg is the sister company to Primary Weapon Systems and contains a searchable database with everything you need to know to build an AR. Go check them out at bootleginc.com. And we're right back. I said that the firearms industry hates innovation because I've observed a few things that happened recently. Uh, there's a lot of things, times where people out there in the industry, uh, end users, are, we want this, we want this, make us this for us, we want that, do this in a gun. And then a company does it, and then they instantly get bashed and berated and like, why did you do this? It doesn't make any sense. So uh, we can't make up our minds in a lot of different ways. Uh, and I'll give you an example of that here in, in just a second. But... One of the biggest things are recently that, I, that I've seen is there's a lot of we are rewarding companies for a lack of innovation. So we have a company like Hudson H9 or Hudson, for example, putting out the H9. Uh, really, really awesome gun. And we're going to talk some more detail about that and how that plays into all this here in a few minutes. But there's a couple of other really cool guns that I'm going to discuss as well and some products. Um, but we reward companies for putting out the same gun they've had out for years and then they release it in a different color. Like, oh man, like H&K, they dropped that VP9 and this year I'm like, am I going to get that VP9 SK? Because we all want the SK. And then they go and they release a VP9 in like desert tan, uh, baby feces yellow. You know, they do that every single time and, and they're not the only one. They All the companies do that and then we all go out and buy that new color. Uh, I, I think things are changing in that a little bit and you're going to change it and I'm going to help change it and we're going to get some more innovation out of these companies because we're at a, a very special time and that time is uh, we've recently had you know President Trump elected and uh, sworn into office and with him in there and with what's happening to the firearms industry there are a lot of folks scared there's a lot of folks trying to spend more marketing dollars than ever there's a lot of YouTubers and content creators out there that are thinking they're going to get more money than ever. There's a lot of them out there that they'll take any dime from anybody and say that a product's good. But what I myself and a few of my colleagues and friends are pushing for is a different market, a different, the, the firearms industry with the manufacturers have always ran the industry 100%. They have told print media what they can print. They have paid YouTubers and content creators what to say about their guns. Uh, I've never been involved with that, not going to do it, uh, not going to happen. I have received money from manufacturers, from companies. I, I have done it, but uh, I, have, I still have my number one rule. If I won't trust my life to it, and also I believe in the ethics of that company, and it's not something that I use, I'm not going to touch it. I'm, I'm not going to use it. It's not for me, and it's not for my audience. It's not for my students. So I, I stay true to that, um, and I, I'm seeing a few more people come along to that way of thinking. Uh, 
So this paradigm shift that's happening in this industry, uh, which is really cool. And I saw a lot of it at SHOT Show, and I was hoping I would see some of it there, but I actually saw more than I expected. So instead of the, the manufacturers driving absolutely everything, we have a unique opportunity because not everybody's going to go out and buy guns like they have in the past eight years. There's no more scare. There's no more. People aren't afraid anymore of, of losing their, their right. And we, we, we're in a good spot. So there's no more urgency in any of those things. So where we're at now is we're in a unique opportunity where I can bring and you can bring and the other people that we all talk to and hang out and your brothers and sisters, we can bring this thing over to a much more end user, you user driven industry. So more, not no longer, you're no longer being told what you want and what you need. Uh, the writers are no longer told what they can and cannot say about the product. But guys like me who are trusted advisors to people out there, um, I can now, I, I will no longer get the no that I've gotten for the last couple of years because a company will say, hey, we want you to do this gun, this thing for this gun. I'm like, okay, here's the deal. Send me the gun. I might break it. I might do this. I might do that. But I'm going to test it. And I'm going to test it in the way I teach my students to use guns. I'm going to test it in in the in the, the arena of, of self-defense use for this firearm or this piece of gear, or this holster, this product. And I'm going to tell people what I think about it. And I hardly ever have any video or writing or anything that I put out or podcast where I don't find some negatives with a product because I believe those negatives are even more important than the positives. So, and, and my audience and my, my students need to know those negatives. And I also believe that those manufacturers that make those things, they need to know those negatives as well. And the ones that are actually beginning, if we as we shift this, and we're we're being honest as content creators, and we're being honest as trainers, and we're being honest as, as human beings that carry guns, and we're being honest as end users, and we're we're leaving aside all that sacred cow stuff. Where I know I love this gun, I am a diehard fan of X manufacturer, and everything they do is golden. And if I find some, if I have a stoppage, it must be ammo. That needs to end immediately, and we're in the best position we've ever been to make that end. And what we can do now is guys like me, and I'm not the only one, there's a lot of me out there that are telling people or telling companies that I'm going to review this thing, but you're going to get the God's honest truth. That's all you're going to get. As that happens, as the as we, we get into this more and more, we can have these these end users. And I, I guys like me should be the voice for the end users because you might send an email with a complaint and, you're, and it, it doesn't go to the R&D department. It goes to the customer service department. But... We get attention. Uh, people that put out videos with a lot of viewers, a lot of followers, podcasts, get a lot of attention from these companies. And if we're, I'll give you a good example. Um, two years ago, the Scorpion Evo 3S1 was released. And it was it released as a pistol. There was no stock for it yet. And I said in the video, like, it's a cool gun. It works. It works great. And I like it. I like the H&K style controls on it. And I really dig that gun from CZ or CZ for your Canadian listeners. Um, I, but without a stock, it just doesn't make any sense to me at all. Without a stock and form wanting that gun and making it an SBR or uh, a short barrel pistol caliber carbine, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And I also said that the grip, I didn't like the grip at all. I liked the swell at the bottom, but I did not like that there was no texture on that grip at all. And I was wearing gloves. It was cold outside. Less than three days later, 
CZ had contacted Talon Grips and had them design a grip around that uh, the grip tape, sticky stuff, uh, to have that ready for SHOT Show. Because they actually listen, and they actually did it. And I've seen a lot, I can give you more and more examples of people listening to other uh, trainers out there and fixing problems in the industry. Um, and and there's there's a lot of a lot of good things happening in that world. Uh, people sponsoring people who are training people to fight. And there's a lot of, a lot of things happening that, that are really, really positive from, from my perspective. Cause I, I want the manufacturers to stop lying. I want the, the writers to stop lying. I want the content creators to stop lying. And what's driving all that is dollar bills from the manufacturers. And I want you to get the actual real information, the best information. You might get some content. We're, we're recording from the uh, mobile command center, which is the RV where we all live in. So that's, that's, we're in a unique spot for that to happen. And it's going down and there's a lot of people on board and there's going to be companies that are innovative and companies that do marketing well and accept this new form of end user led industry and there's going to be companies that don't that don't do it well and their quality control is going to be poor uh, or some of them have poor quality control already and that's going to be found out and there's no more of these cover-ups and hidden things that i've seen out there um, as that happens we're going to see an evolution in the industry shot show may be just as big next year or the in three years from now as it was this year but i bet some booths may have some different names on them because we're going to see some evolution in products. Those who are innovative with good quality control, good ethics, and they're doing the right thing, those companies are going to be the ones that stick around and and do very well, and they thrive in this new market that's coming. And the, the people who are going to benefit the best out of all that is going to be you, the end user out there. All right, another little quick break, and uh, we're going to come right back, and uh, I'm going to give you a couple of those examples, and then we're going to start answering some questions. So what I'm going to do this year, I'm spending a heck of a lot of time with a 1911. The only 1911 that I do trust out there, uh, I've shot a Nighthawk custom class a few years ago. We had 15 students, all shot about 800 rounds each in a two-day course, uh, maybe a little bit more in some cases. I had zero failures out of all that gun. Do that, all those shots. Do that math. Uh, I have seen Nighthawks perform very well. It would be my top choice in 1911. So I'm going to spend a lot of time carrying a 1911 this year. I'm going to go hang out with some of the world's best gunsmiths and learn the ins and outs and everything about a 1911. And I'm going to go, I'm going to compete with a 1911. I'm going to shoot multiple classes and teach with a 1911. I'm going to get a much more intimate knowledge and I'm going to reevaluate my decision of whether that gun is for me or not. Because maybe I will change my mind. Maybe I will solidify my view that I already have. I don't know. Try not to enter this with any bias. I'm just trying to get information. If I change my mind, great. If not, no big deal. If you want to win a free Nighthawk Custom 1911, go to com forward slash gunfightercast and register. Nighthawk Custom will be giving away one 1911 for free to a lucky winner every 90 days in 2017. So go get registered and stay registered. There will also be a link to this in the show notes. All right. One example that I have for for this whole thing is uh, I, I put up a video. It's the most viral video I've ever done, uh, and it wasn't it wasn't like a video that I did. I had my phone in my hand, and I I hovered my phone over a sight from Meprolite. Uh, I'm talking about the Meprolite Bullseye HT. That Meprolite Bullseye HT. When I looked at it, I was like, "What is that? Just a rear sight?" And then you look through Optical Center, and you see either green or red, there's a crisp dot in the middle and then a little round uh, circle around it. And, and it, it pops. It really pops out at your eye when you look right through optical center of that thing. And that means that your barrel is aligned or that your gun is pointed at the object that you want to be, have the gun pointed at. Um, 
the cool thing about that when I spotted that, and it's not new, it's not a brand new product. I had seen it in a magazine, but I'd never seen it actually with my own eyes. I didn't really understand it in the magazine advertisements that I've seen before, but I'd never actually held it in my hands or actually looked at it. And uh, so it's not a new product. It's been out for a few years, but it was new to me. And to me, it that's like, okay, that's innovation. I have never seen anything like that from any other company again. And I'm kind of heavy on this red dot on handgun things right now. And I'm really digging that, and it's something I'm learning if it's for me or not, and learning who it is for so I can help out students when it is for them and turn people away when I when it's not for them. Uh, I just need more information on it. So the day before I saw this little uh, Bullseye HT from Meprolite, I was out at Media Day at the Range with Rob Latham. Rob Latham and I shot a couple of videos, and then we were just talking, and then he says, hey, it has his crew from Springfield bring out a couple of cameras and mic us up because he wanted to do a video with me talking about pointing the gun. He was like, this dude gets it. He's, he's, he's talk, he gets the sight. Like, the, we don't have to use sights. We don't have to do this. And Because I, I was talking to him about a technique that I teach folks that um, that have transition lenses. Like, um, they have uh, bifocals or trifocals. And it's very difficult with that gun to figure out which lane of their glasses, which part of their glasses to look through to focus on that near object of that front sight blade. Um, then, keep, then keep that front sight blade in the center of the rear sight notch and then on the target. It's a very difficult thing, especially when recoil is involved and they're trying to track a front sight. It is not easy to do. One shot at a time, yeah, it's achievable, but shooting fast uh, and accurately, it, it becomes much more difficult. So that's where I really like the red dot. And it's also where I like uh, using what I refer to as a soft sight focus, where both of my eyes are on the target and I just have my rear sight or my my a blurry front sight sitting inside of a blurry rear sight essentially just aligning three blurry points and holding that on my crisp target that I'm focused on uh, this is the technique that I use every single time that I'm shooting 50 yards 100 yards especially at these long distances I find it's much more beneficial for me with my eyes I don't have the best eyes ever uh, to shoot using that soft sight focus and I'm pretty solid at 50 and 100 yards. I actually had a little video come out a couple days ago where uh, I was shooting the new LCP 380 from Ruger, and I hit it 100 yards. And I hit quite a few times at 100 yards, and we had one of them on video. And people were saying that I was lying, that I didn't. Like, shooting at 100 yards is not some amazing feat. Like, any guys out there watching and listening can go do it. Don't even hold high or anything. Aim center with that 9mm, it's going to smoke it. The 380 did as well. It's just uh, not that... Not that complicated, uh, but the internet. But I'll get back to that in a second because that plays into what I'm talking about here. Uh, a lot of folks just don't know because they haven't done it or they haven't tried it. So that's the same thing with the Bullseye HT. That video came out and there was people were like, "Wow, that's awesome! I want to check that out." But then majority of them were, "That's stupid. It takes away the situational awareness. They can't see the people in the background because they're focused on that dot." It's like there's no way somebody could survive a self-defense situation with that sight on there because that that little dot that's so bright would be so distracting from the fight that's happening. They wouldn't be able to hit anything. And it was just there was go over there and read the comments, scroll down, check it out. Uh, Mind blowing. I also had the uh, internet RSOs explaining to me that uh, as I was holding the gun, there were people walking around on the shot show floor. It was a blue gun that was colored black like it wasn't even a real gun who cares relax go uh go go clean off your nra rso patches off your vest or something like it's okay buddy it wasn't a real gun it was optic sitting on a piece of plastic who cares so that happens out there 
But getting back to the people who didn't know any better about the 100-yard shooting with a handgun, they probably didn't have any understanding of the technique such as a soft sight focus, which is not mine. I didn't develop it. I've, I've borrowed it from other people. Uh, I didn't invent it. It's not anything new. It's not something that I've came up with. It's earth-shattering. It is a technique that solves a problem for a, uh, a small amount of people or a large amount of people given certain circumstances. And it's not the end of the story, all you need to do ever. Um, but we have to look a little bit deeper and not just hover around the surface. So when I first looked at that bullseye HT, I was like, I don't know about this. And then I started thinking that soft sight focus. I'm like, you know what? This may really allow me to focus heavy on that target. And then in my peripheral, whenever I see that crisp circle form, because I know I'm looking through optical center with my peripheral, basically, with my soft sight focus, I know I'm going to hit what my eyes are on at the other end. Now, I don't know if that's going to work or not. This may be the biggest piece of garbage that's ever made. It may not work at all. It may not work at long range or close range. I have absolutely no idea. But I'll tell you one thing, and this is where I'm talking about trying to set the example. There is absolutely no way I can tell by a magazine picture, by a Facebook photo or a graphic. There's no way I can tell by a video of somebody holding a gun on the SHOT Show floor and showing how the optic forms and, and goes away as we look through the center of it. I cannot possibly get that information and come up or deduce a very, very credible uh, deduction uh, about whether that product's going to be good or bad or horrible just from the small little video or... Um, a picture or anything else. That is, We do that all the time in the gun world too. We completely look at a snapshot of something and we're all such experts and we all have so much ego. We can tell you if something's awesome or amazing or terrible. And I just, I believe it's incorrect. I think we're letting us down, ourselves down. We're letting others down. And it's anytime we do that, most likely we're putting out less than accurate information. So Bullseye HT may be the worst thing that's ever hit the market. I have no clue. Uh, I'm going to get a couple of them, and I'm going to find out. And if they're horrible, I'm going to tell you, hey, I, I ran into this, this, and that. Wasn't really what I needed it to do. It doesn't do that. did do this. I'm going to let you know those things because I, I, what, what I care about is the right information. And uh, putting it all together, you got to go prove it. You got to go spend time with it. You got to go shoot it. You got to increase your depth of knowledge past what you know of aligning a front sight blade in the, in the center of a rear sight. That is not the end of everything. That is not the only fundamental. It's not the only technique. Uh, there's anything we can do out there. And any time that I can put an extra doodad on my gun, if I can put a dot on my gun, a sight, a red dot, a magazine, a magwell, uh, something that helps me better grip on my slide. If there is anything that I can ever do that costs money or time, just like training, that makes me better at stoppage clearances, that makes me better as target acquisition, makes me better at tracking the sights and getting accurate shots on target, makes me better at shooting accurately. If I can do any of those things or if the product exists to make it better and maybe it slays some sacred cow out there, I am perfectly fine with it because any time that I am able to free up resources... When I'm talking about resources, I'm talking about subconscious and conscious brain power or processing power, if you will. So I want to be, I need to be able to process the fight. I need to be able to process and think tactics. And if I have to occupy brain power and processing power with solving a problem on my gun, even the smallest amount, then that's less resources allocated to staying alive and solving some other problem that's in that sequence of problems that I need to solve. So anytime that I can do something that makes me more effective, 
it makes me faster, more accurate, or anything at all, uh, I'm willing to check it out and give it a try because that's going to help me and my students be able to think tactics in a fight instead of thinking about things they should have already solved with gear and training months or years prior. Uh, the other thing that, that I, I've seen recently on, on the old interwebs is um, I, I saw some hate going for the Hudson H9 and Rob Pincus's gun, the Avidity PD-10. Um, and I, I'm seeing hate from those. Like I went over and I shot uh, I did an episode of Gunfighter Cast 121, the previous episode uh, with the Hudsons. Uh, love that gun. Love what they did. Uh, an American couple saying, you know what? We shoot competition and like to shoot guns a lot. Why hasn't anybody done this? I wish we had this in a gun. And they went and made it. And then they got funding. And then it turned into a company. And it turned into an awesome little gun. But here's the thing. The gun's not ready yet. The gun is not on the market. So I see things all over the internet. Oh, man, I went and shot it and I had a stoppage. I had this happen. So what you don't know is their ammunition was lost or stolen just before the event, and they had to just get something. And uh, what it looked like we were shooting to me was some steel-cased ammo, and uh, they ran into some issues there. So I thought then, like, man, this could be a, a, a day where some bad ammo happens to a good gun, but they were taking whatever they could get to run their event out there and they pushed through and it did good. I went and shot the gun early. Uh, one of the first people to shoot and I had an issue where the slide locked back to the rear, uh, while I was firing. I think it was my, my hand on the, uh, slide stop. I had an issue where I didn't quite have a full feed into the chamber. It was just kind of that half feed that we see a lot of with the striker fires. Um, I, I had that happen and I, I was like, you know, if this, if this were a gun, if this were the R51 and it was already on the shelves and everybody was saying, hey, this is the most amazing, or their marketing was, this is the best defensive pistol ever made. And I was running into stoppages and that gun was already in production and it was se selling and people had them in their homes. I would have a serious problem with that. But I've talked with the Hudsons. I know Cy and Lauren Hudson. And they have promised me, they have promised you, they have promised everybody that this gun will not be released and distributed until it's ready. And they're working out some kinks. They're close. They're right there, but they're not going to release it. So it is not fair for me to go out there on the internet and bash it and say, the Hudson H9 had two stoppages or four stoppages or three. It's, it, it doesn't make sense. Now, I can tell people, that, like, like I did, that, hey, I just I encountered this out there. These are some of the factors surrounding why I may have encountered that. But the fact is, I did encounter these things, and here's where the company is on it. It's not a production gun. Uh, Rob Pincus's gun, the Avidity PD-10, uh, another firearm. I like that gun. I like the way it feels in my hand. I like the way it fits. I like the trigger. I like the way it shoots. It is a well-built, well-thought-out firearm that is innovative. And it's getting so much hate. Some of that hate's probably coming from people who just hate Rob Pincus. So I, I don't care if people that I hate put out a good product. Um, I still may like the product. And I, I don't hate Rob. And, and Rob's a, a friend of mine. But it doesn't. We don't have to agree on everything, training or anything else. Um, it doesn't matter. But I, I think he's putting out a good quality product, and it, that gun's not ready. I had more stoppages with the PD-10 than I did the H9. Does that mean that the H9 is closer to being ready than the PD-10, or does it mean I, I have no idea what it means? It does. I don't have enough information to pass judgment. I saw some more things on the Maxim 9 from Silencer Co. And the funny thing is, and it's not, I'm not taking it personal, but those are the three guns that PD-10, the H9, and the Maxim 9 are the three handguns that I am most excited about getting my hands on and spending a lot of time with in the coming year. Because I think they are the most innovative new handguns on the market. And they may all three end up sucking and being completely garbage for this year. 
But what's cool about a, a, a striker fire with a 1911 trigger, a gun built solely for self-defense like the PD-10, and the integrally suppressed Maxim 9, it's not what that gun is today. What's even more awesome is what that gun's going to be in five years, what that gun's going to be in 10 years. The other products that are the other people in the industry who are going to be playing catch up and trying to make the same things or making them better. That's what's inspiring to me. That's what I like about these guns. And I, I, it frustrates me when I see people just going and bashing innovation and then supporting uh, the new baby puke green uh, from whatever company color that they put out. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's counterproductive. Let's run this market as the end users and let me be one of the guys who are helping be a voice for you, uh, at a liaison between the companies, um, and, and you, because that's what I, I we have the power to do that right now. And, uh, it, I see it the same way. You guys have probably heard me talk about it before. I see it the same way as on the forums, on the, on firearms forums, on the internet, uh, when standing around with a bunch of gun guys talking and somebody walks up and they refer to a magazine as a clip and like the, the terminology police come in, they break windows. They're, they're like rappelling in, there's helicopters arriving. It's like the, we, we cannot allow someone to call a magazine a clip and everybody jumps down their throats. I've seen yelling. I've seen people making fun of people. I've seen uh, people just constantly putting other people down because they called a magazine a clip. And I don't understand that at all. Welcome one more voting person in the United States that is for the second amendment. I am so glad you're here. I'm going to help you learn to defend yourself. I'm going to help you find good products to do that. I do not care what you call those products. You can call a magazine a clip as long as you like. I'm never even going to correct you on it. I really, really don't care. Uh, I, there's so many things that you need to learn right now. I am not going to waste any time or brain power discussing what a magazine is, what is a magazine and what is a clip because it is completely irrelevant in the grand scheme of things. Uh, just like a lot of the hate that these companies are getting, uh, for being innovative and I don't understand it. And I ask you, don't be a part of it. Look deeper. Um, if it's for you, great. If it's not, it may be for somebody else. And just because it's not for you doesn't mean it's not the bee's knees for somebody else. So let's think a little bit beyond ourselves. Uh, we're going to take one more little quick break here, and then I'm going to come back, and I'm just going to see if this thing works where I can see questions, and uh, we'll do the question thing. This episode of Gunfighter Cast is brought to you by Bravo Concealment Holsters. Use our coupon code GUNFIGHTER at checkout when you visit bravoconcealment.com and get 10% off your entire purchase. Well, we got to take quick breaks because uh, later on when I edit this stuff, it'll go into the podcast form and I have to drop little quick ads in there for uh, the people who support Gunfighter Cast. And those people who support Gunfighter Cast are Nighthawk Custom Firearms, Bravo Concealment Holsters, and Primary Weapon Systems. They're the ones who uh, make this possible. Uh, Chad, I appreciate the solid ethics. As a dealer, I need a better market driver now that fear is gone. Uh, I want to push quality, not cheap. Yeah, no, that's important. We, we do want to push quality and not cheap, and I think that's not going to be here immediately, but it's coming. I think we're going to have a very heavily, a heavy accessory driven market where people have a lot of, uh, that they're, they're maybe not buying new guns, but they're going to do a couple things to those new guns. And I think we're also going to have a solid training market even more as well, because there's a lot of new people been coming into this industry for years, uh, particularly the defense side. And it's awesome. Uh, 
Uh, Gilbert, you talk about the M&P. It's been around for a decade, and the 2.0 is barely different. You know, the two, the M&P had problems, especially the guys who had um, uh, the the ranges that had really high round count guns out there. There was there was some there was parts breaking. They would break in front of the trigger guard. The guns would uh, the frames weren't able to support those high round counts, and with that trigger. Uh, they listen to a lot of um, the end users out there uh, doing some better things with the trigger, but increasing that frame out to the end. So as far as what the user feels, I really like the grip texture on the new 2.0s a lot better than the old ones, but that's a simple thing that I used to fix with a soldering iron. So not a huge deal for me, but I like it. But fixing that uh, uh, that that def- defect, basically, that it was, a, it was a problem having the weaker... Um, frames of those guns fixing that you can't see it on the outside but that is uh very important to me that was good velocity Systems. so the um i've got some friends over at velocity systems i i own a couple of pieces of velocity systems gear one of my favorite things from velocity Systems is their rug, rugby shirts i absolutely love their their rugby shirts they're awesome and i've got a few magazine pouches from them. i don't currently have a a plate carrier or a chest rig or anything for velocity systems but the scarab has been on my list for a while and the new and i'm glad i waited because i saw the new scarab uh at the show when i was talking to nelson over there and i really really dig that new scarab and i did a live video because i saw something that was innovative um from velocity system actually uh there's a lot of guys using chest rigs like your haley chest rigs the velocity system check chest rigs there's a lot of those out there and people are like hey I don't really have the money for a plate carrier right now. I'm not going to drop 400 bucks on this thing. And I don't have, uh, but I want to get plates eventually. And Velocity Systems has a system now. And uh, basically, it is a plate that slides in that back panel where the Velcro is of those uh, chest rigs. And then you can add a back plate to it as well. So basically, you can piece together over time a... uh, uh, a plate carrier from your chest rig, which I, I thought that was really awesome and much needed. And it's also needed not just for, for us, but the guys who may be deploying and they're on a, uh, a lightweight, you know, long range reconnaissance type thing. And then again, and now they need to go do something a bit more direct action and they need that, that hard armor in there. They can just drop that in place. So I thought that was uh, something that was needed in the industry and uh, in you know the military side of things. So Jake Martini asks, how is the industry outlook with the new presidential administration? Uh, you should have been here sooner because we just discussed all that. Thanks for asking, though, Jake. Love you. Jake's a friend of mine. I can be mean to him. Kidding. Uh, was there any particularly exciting innovation about the new CZ striker fired? So I that we haven't seen in a striker gun, I didn't. I had a chance to go over there and get my hands on it and press the trigger a few times. I like the way it felt. I like the trigger. And, and CZ has been doing some pretty cool stuff with handguns lately. Um, but I, I cannot, I, I don't know enough about it. But it is on my list of guns that I, I'm sending emails out to get in for T&E. And it's uh, a lot of folks are going to dig that, I think. I, you know, you, the CZ guys, you, you may be one since you're asking this, but, man, CZ has some diehard fans, man. They're like, yeah, that gun's awesome, but CZ. Okay, that's amazing, but CZ. So that happens. But no, I, I dig it. I'm going to go shoot it. I haven't shot it yet. Anything else going once? All right, guys. Well, I really appreciate you guys tuning in. Tuned in for the live one. Um, 
and those listening out there in regular podcast form. Uh, this That was fun. So this may be something we do a little bit more often. Make sure you're following me on Facebook, Daniel Shaw 0369 Things Thing Thing at uh, Instagram, Daniel Shaw 0369 Make sure you go visit our, our sponsors. And if you're in the market for whatever they're producing, whether it's primary weapon systems making you know a solid AR, um, or if it's Bravo Concealment Holsters making a awesome holster, or if it's Nighthawk Custom making your top of the line best in the world 1911, go go support them um, and help them out. And if you're a fan of Gunfighter Cast and you listen to the show, uh, I would also ask you to support me. And the way you can support me is through Patreon. Go to Patreon. I'll have a link to that in the show notes. And what Patreon is is, is basically you pledge a dollar amount. And uh, some people pledge $10 an episode. Some people pledge $1 an episode. And whenever I produce an episode, at the end of that month, it'll charge your card or your bank account for whatever you pledge. I normally do eight episodes a month. So uh, figure whatever that is, and you can set a cap. So you you could do cap of $8 a month and uh, $1 per episode. That would make sure you never charged over 8 bucks. And I would really appreciate it. It helps me grow. helps me keep doing this. helps me get those products in that sometimes they won't send me because I tell them that they're going to get whatever they get. So uh, I have to buy things as well. So I really appreciate your guys' support. And thanks for tuning in and listening. And until next time, Gunfighter Cast. Out.